Beth and I'm a psychological wellbeing practitioner from Newcastle. I just wanted to say the biggest thank you to the contributors of the Clinical Psychologist Collective book. I've enjoyed reading this so much and loved having an insight into the range of backgrounds and experiences people have prior to applying for the doctorate and it's been really interesting seeing the potential barriers to the application as well and how I can try and work around this. I really started to doubt myself and whether I was good enough to apply for the clinical psychology doctorate but this has really given me the confidence boost that I needed to give it a shot so the biggest thank you ever. If you're looking to become a psychologist Then let this be your guide With this podcast at your side You'll be on your way to being qualified It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast With Dr. Marianne Trent Hi, welcome along to the Aspiring Psychologist podcast. Um, thank you for those of you who had been part of my world within the last application season. So I am well aware that this week on the 17th of June is going to be the final date for letting courses know whether you are going to be um, accepting or declining your offer of a place. And so, you know, come 2pm on that date, if you haven't let um, your clinical courses know that you are accepting a place, then they may well decide for you that you you don't want that place. So you need to make sure that you have let people um, know via the Clearinghouse website if you are indeed um, applying for the clinical psychology training courses. Um, and this will lead to complicated feelings for those who were on waiting lists. Um, so it might be that imminently after that date, that you do manage to get a place because people have maybe been trying to to make up their mind which course to pick and by that date they will have needed to let the course know which one they are picking and which one they are not but of course there are only so many places to go round and so it might be that you are learning that you have not been successful in gaining a place this year but of course, what we know is if you were offered um, a reserve list place, if you were offered, um, you know, that opportunity, then they are saying that you were of doctorate standard and that they think you would have been a good fit for them and for their course. And so there is much to celebrate there. Although, of course, I know that this will feel very difficult you'll be very disappointed um, and if you um, weren't successful in getting interviews or perhaps if you did have interviews but you weren't successful in being offered either an outright place or a reserve list place then it can feel a lot like rejection but actually I think it can be useful to reframe that and to think that they're just saying 
it's not yet it's a not yet from us um but keep trying and it can be possible to get feedback about why you weren't successful so if you weren't successful at the um at the form stage there is often like a tick box um reason why you weren't successful um, and that's sent out kind of automatically Uh, so that was when it was paper forms but um, I would think that you're still able to get feedback about why even electronically from um, from lots of courses but I know even when I was applying um, some of the courses didn't have the capacity to offer feedback and so um, I think it's really it can be useful to know why because it Otherwise, it just feels, you know, deeply personal and not very fair. Um, But knowing that, you know, for example, um, Birmingham turned me down uh, on both of the times that I applied to them because they thought that my academic um, experience needed strengthening, then that makes you think, well, okay, all right, well, that gives me a clear direction to, to be able to focus myself towards and to strive for whereas if you're not getting that constructive feedback then that can can be difficult Um, and so let's think about what we can do to help you um, you know optimally prepare for the time between now um, and September when the courses open Um, for business again so when you can start submitting your application forms so for those of you who have um, listened to my compassionate Q&A's both during the application season and during the interview season you'll be pleased to know that they're coming back Um, I've got some dates here for you Um, so um, I believe that the courses will be opening on the 1st of September again and so um, just forgive me, flicking through my pages as I as I do this. Um, the first one is currently scheduled for 7.30pm on Thursday, the 1st of September 2022. Um, usually I do them on Monday, but I thought I'd be there with you on that Thursday. Um, just to, you know, open the doors enthusiastically for you. Um, and then I think we've got some other dates that I've penciled in as well. We've gone for Monday the 10th of October at 7.30pm. And there is a November one. I'm sure I penciled a November one in, but I can't find it. But anyway, there will be a November one coming. So you can pop those dates in your diary um, and know that I will be there for you um, to answer any questions that you might have um, about the application cycle um, as well. Um, So... I know it can feel a bit Groundhog Day, um, you know, with this relentless cycle, but I would really hope that by the time you submit your form, um, you know, in November, um, you might submit it before, you might be ready before. Um, But for me, I wanted every second I could have to work on it. I really, I really, um, you know, when it was my time, 2007, I was applying... I spent as long as I could really intently focusing on giving my all to that form and making sure that every word 
counted. Every word mattered. That's the approach that I took the year that I was successful. Um, and my forms were very, very, very different. Um, you know, I applied three times um, and was successful the third time. But my form at time three could not have been more different than at time one. And at time two, it wasn't a successful form. And so I started again entirely um, with my form three. And I didn't look at it at all uh, until I was kind of almost finished in case I'd forgotten some golden nugget. I hadn't. I was just appalled with what I'd written. Um, But it demonstrated for me how much change I had undergone, um, you know, both personally and professionally and in my levels of confidence at being myself and the way that I think the way I talk about things and um, just my level of comprehension was vastly different um, by the time I was successful compared to my previous two attempts and so you know I would hope that your form also looks different um, if this is not your first rodeo you know if you've um, if you've been there before um, because I wasn't successful so it needs to be Um, unless you know you did get interviews and you were offered places on reserve Um, even then you know we want you to get across the line fully you know we don't want you to be having to wait till the bitter end where you might or might not get a a, a, you know a a reserve list place we want you across the line um, in the first set of interviews um, if possible and that's not um, you know in any way, shape or form, saying that reserveless places are less favourable, but they certainly feel a little bit easier to swallow and a little bit, you know, oh God, oh good, there's less waiting around and the, you know, you know your outcome quicker. So in terms of just having you have the kindest journey, I'd rather you had um, an outright place because it helps you make choices, you know, and helps you plan and prepare. Um, So that would be my preference for you. But if you do get offered a reserveless place, then that is still obviously absolutely wonderful um okay so yeah between now and september i think it can be useful to look at your gaps in your cv or certainly to look at your cv and see what gaps emerge um you know so when we're certainly working with clinical um then you need to you know be demonstrating um that you've got some experience across the lifespan across the different areas that you will be working in as a trainee clinical psychologist so that would include children and young people that would include working age adults that would include older adults that would include intellectual disabilities Um, so those kind of four areas it might include some physical health as well it might involve some kind of neuro work Um, it might involve you know physical disabilities um, or traumatic brain injuries or um, you know might involve research Um, you know you may you maybe need to look at how many of those competencies you're able to tick off and if you are missing some then it might be that you can just give your mindful attention to trying to plug one of those gaps between now and mid-November because you know the wheels of um, certainly the NHS and the wheels of you know other organizations don't always turn 
without resistance and they don't always turn quickly and so if you can recognize those gaps in your cv now then by the time november comes you might well have started to you know to just chip away at any of those um, gaps or blocks to help you move towards a position where you are in you know where you're likely to be able to to perform optimally on your form and to perform optimally at interview to give you the best chance of being able to achieve what you want, which is a place on this professional training scheme for, um, for becoming, a, uh, maybe not becoming a clinical psychologist, but becoming um, a qualified psychologist or certainly a trainee psychologist at this stage. Let's just take a short break here and I will be back along very soon. If you're looking to become a psychologist, then let this be your guide. Filled with lessons and experience that will help you get qualified. So come and take a look. It's right here in this book. It's the Clinical Psychologist Collective. It's the Clinical Psychologist Collective. The Clinical Psychologist Collective is an encouraging read for anyone considering clinical training. Reading the stories of people who have followed their unique path into clinical training with ups and downs is immensely encouraging. Thank you, Marianne, for writing this book and to all who contributed to it. This book is a true blessing and I'm sure it can provide more clarity to anyone considering a career in clinical, health and counselling psychology. can be useful is to make sure that you are getting quality supervision and guidance and if you don't have that or if you feel like you'd welcome some additional support and guidance a bit more compassion a bit more direction in certain areas that are key to um, becoming a uh, you know, a successful aspiring psychologist, then do consider joining the aspiring psychologist membership. We get lovely reviews and people have said just that it's really, really useful for them. Um, certainly people who've gained places on training um, this year said that they felt that um, the membership gave them everything they needed to to perform optimally at those interviews so if you feel that you want to 
really you know supercharge your chances um supercharge your confidence then do consider checking out the aspiring psychologist membership but um, i will always do my best to provide free content for you um, if that's outside of your um, current affordability um, within this podcast and within my q and a's but if you really wanted some more focused um and uh you know you get to talk back to me uh, and i'll talk back to you it's a little less one-sided than a podcast um if you wanted to be part of my world do check out the aspiring psychologist membership but if you are feeling disappointed come the 17th of june then you can lean into that you know you don't necessarily need to be cheering yourself up you know this mattered and you had your hopes set on it and um, you know, you're allowed to be sad. Um, you're allowed to lean into that. Um, you don't need people to cheer you up, but it's helpful if you have people that get it, that understand just how difficult this is, you know, because even when you do get training places, you know, it's not always an easy thing that you're saying you're going to do. So, you know, you may, for example, live in Edinburgh and be offered a place in London and you're prepared to pack up your bags and move your life for at least three years that's not something that we do without um without thinking it through thoroughly um people are moving all over the country sometimes people are moving without um you know their children without their partners um and they're trying to you know they're going to make it work by commuting um and you know living living perhaps in Airbnbs or, you know, rented accommodation for work weeks. And this isn't something that people are entering into lightly or, you know, for cheery kicks. This is because they are passionate about pursuing this career in psychology. So, you know, maybe when your time does come, you will get offered a place which causes less disruption to your life. Um, but you might still have disruption to your life you know you might purposefully be choosing courses that are further away from where you're living now um you might want a fresh start you might want to go and do something new and different or you might recognize that your best you know your best chance of being you know recruited by a course that is aligned to you is really far from where you live currently um, or that a particular course direction really appeals to you and so you are going to be moving you know countries uh, within the UK or you know maybe from further afield as well um, and that is a big consideration it's a big change and it's difficult because you're having to put your life on hold um, and so if you are in that position, then I'm just sending you so much warmth and compassion. Um, and please do stay part of my world um, so that we can help further put that compassion into your situation. But do bear in mind the dates that I had given you for the um, upcoming Q&A sessions between September and November. Um, 
Yeah, if you would like to rate um, and review this podcast, please do so on Apple Podcasts, um, which you can do by clicking on the show, scrolling right down below um, the trailer episode, and you'll see the rate and review section there. It will honestly just take you a moment, but it would mean a great deal to me. So thank you very much for listening, um, and I will look forward to catching up with you very soon. If you're looking to become a psychologist Then let this be your guide With this podcast at your side You'll be on your way to being qualified It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast With Dr. Marianne Trent My name is Diakolola Amujo. I am a recent psychology graduate from Ireland. I am also an aspiring clinical psychologist. Dr. Marion's book, The Clinical Psychologist Collective, has been so helpful to me on this journey to becoming a clinical psychologist. As I plan to continue postgraduate studies in the UK, I found it extremely useful that this book provided in-depth information on the UK DeClinSci application process. I enjoyed reading about the experiences of both qualified and trainee clinical psychologists. The various narratives were my favorite part of the book as everyone's story was different and it provided amazing insights into the clinical psychology journey. I would definitely recommend this book to anyone interested in psychology and aspires to become a clinical psychologist.